Hey, what's going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I try and do at least monthly in which I talk about whatever new stuff might be interesting me in the modding world, modding scenes, and I bring it to you all on here, either in audio or visual formats. If you want a video type visual format of this, it is available on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel. But this is a podcast as well, and that means it is available in audio form. Simply look up ModChat on any of your favorite podcasting apps or platforms, and it should be on at least most of them. So I do want to give a little bit of a heads up on here. The last episode of ModChat, I actually said that that was going to be more of a mini episode where I was only going to talk about one thing. And in this episode here, I was planning on making this a full episode, but again, something big happen. Something pretty big that you can probably see from the title on here. So I am going to be going over only a small handful of topics, really three, and I might give my opinions on some other things, but this is going to be still kind of a more smaller but full episode, some, somewhere in between there. Either way, let's go ahead and get into what was just announced this week and dropped on the scene as a complete surprise. Now, for anybody who might be familiar with the flow, I'll put it like this and I'll keep it short. If you have a modified PlayStation Vita, you are definitely using some of the flow's work in some capacity or you have in the past. But either way, the flow ended up releasing on July 6th, 2020 on Twitter here. Here you are, PS4 kernel exploit for firmware 7.02 and below. Vulnerability discovered on 2019, June 9th. This must be chained together with a WebKit exploit, for example, this exploit here for firmware 6.72. I know it says differently on here, but I am reading this with the correction. So, you all heard that right. This isn't a troll, this isn't a joke, nothing of the sort on there. The Flow ended up releasing a kernel exploit that is now public and working up to firmware's 7.02 on the PlayStation 4. And the funny thing, and maybe one of the best things and what really surprises me on here, is that this is this is the first time I've seen a public release of a kernel exploit that exceeds the public WebKit exploit. So... Let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit more. Now, if you're looking on screen, I am showing my PlayStation 4. This is my jailbroken PS4 running firmware 5.05. And currently, even while I'm recording this, that is the latest public exploit and public jailbreak, I guess you can say. So it being the latest public jailbreak is the most accurate way of saying it. I'm going to say a few terms here, and let me go ahead and get those out of the way. Now, a WebKit exploit, that is typically what is found first. And WebKit exploits are really just getting a browser-based exploit through the console's internet browser right here. Now, just as an example, right now, my PlayStation 4 is technically in a completely stock state. Yes, I do have a few applications and games installed here, and these are known as fake package files, where they are not the official package files. They are official package files or disks that have been decrypted and dumped and then repackaged and then reinstalled on the system right here. So if I want to fire up Killzone Shadowfall, for example, there's a padlock on it, and it's going to give me an error here, can't use the content, to use the content, purchase it from PlayStation Store. Now, many people might think this is just something that I don't have the license for, or I don't have the account that corresponds with it, but I'll show you what's going to happen right here. 
let's go ahead and launch this. So on a jailbroken PS4 and just like you would do on this exploit as well too, once everything is set up, you'd go over to settings, user guide, user guide, and right here, I have this set up already on my PS4 and cached on here. So what's going to happen is here, I'm going to press the X button to start HIN. And here it's saying patching kernel, please wait. So right here, we are able to, you're, it's really all happening in the background, but the WebKit exploit is used, which is then paired with the kernel exploit. And at that point, we technically have our system in a modified state until we completely power it down. That's the thing with jailbreaking a PS4. There's no permanent modified state like we would have on a PlayStation 3 with custom firmware or even a Vita with Enzo running on there. As you can see, you can look at the list here. This will enable homebrew, enable debug settings, enable external hard drive support, several other things like that. And I can even show you all right here. Let me go ahead and just exit out of this. So if I go to my settings, if I scroll all the way down here, I do have access to debug settings on the system. Granted, I didn't show it before, but just try this out on your PS4. If it is unmodified, you're not going to have access to this. On top of that, I can go to that exact same package file. I haven't signed out. I haven't done anything else. I'm just going to press the X button, and as you can see, it's booting up just fine. So that's kind of a rundown of how a setup and jailbroken PS4 would work and how you would get into this. And that is all thanks to the web browser using a WebKit exploit paired with a kernel exploit. Typically, a WebKit exploit will be released first, as I said, but it's the kernel exploit is what we are waiting for. And we now have that on newer firmwares because 5.05, this firmware I'm on, is over two years old at this point. And it's getting harder and harder to find these systems. So now we have at least something that is, well, a lot newer. Now, I will say this has been a little bit dramatic, to say the least, um, just because the PS4 scene, a lot of people are just really hungry for something new or any piece of information, anything, anytime anything goes wrong, it's all doom and gloom. So I'm really going to try and avoid that the best I can. I do have to touch up on it a little bit, though. You see, I talked about this in a previous episode of Mod Chat, in which I had said that the flow was looking at a 6.20 jailbreak for the ps4 or 6.2 kernel exploit on here and we ended up not getting that for a few reasons uh one of which being that it was announced from the flow himself on here that the method that he was trying to exploit the system wasn't going to work properly so a lot of people did take this and they just ran with it and said that's it we're done we're never going to get anything higher than 5.05 when that's that's not what he said he just said that in short as opposed to using a dongle like that you would have used on the original PlayStation 3. On some of the earlier stuff, you would take, uh, I don't know, I'll grab this for example, you would pretty much take a dongle, you'd pop it into the USB drive on your PS3, and then combined with a little bit of magic, you were able to boot up into a modified state with your custom firmware. And I believe the flow is having an idea like that for 6.20, but because of something that was already patched on the system, it would not have been possible. But the cool thing is, even though we didn't get the 6.20 WebKit exploit, or kernel exploit, excuse me, we end up getting something that works up to 7.02.
which is awesome. Now, looking at this on here, this was submitted on Hacker One, and this was actually submitted, funny enough, through the PlayStation Bug Bounty program, which I will talk about later on in this video or this episode here. So let's just go ahead and talk about it. So on March 21st, four months ago, the flow ended up submitting this, and he was saying, uh, summary, due to missing locks in option IPv6 underscore 2292 PKT option, so packet options, I guess, of set sock OPT. It is possible to race and free the struct IP6 underscore packet opts buffer while it is being handled by IP6 underscore set packet op. The structure contains pointers IP6PO underscore packet info that can be hijacked to obtain arbitrary kernel read write primitives. As a consequence, it is easy to have kernel code execution. This vulnerability is reachable from WebKit Sandbox and is available in the latest firmware. That is 7.02. Attached is a proof of concept that achieves a local privilege escalation on FreeBSD9 and FreeBSD12. Impact. In conjunction with a WebKit exploit, a fully chained remote attack can be achieved. It is possible to steal, manipulate user data, dump, and run pirated games. And then for anybody who's wanting to check it out here, you can actually download the exploit.c file, and you can look at the kernel exploit code right there. So HackerOne thanked the flow for accepting the invite to join the program and submitting this right here, and they were just reviewing it. And it looked like about three days later, we reviewed your submission and we would like to ask for additional information regarding the following. According to your report, this vulnerability is reachable from WebKit Sandbox and is available in the latest firmware that is 7.02. And in conjunction with a WebKit exploit, a fully chained remote attack can be achieved. However, you did not report any WebKit or full chain exploit. Could you please clarify if you have a WebKit or other exploit or not? If not, how can you make the assertion that this does work on 7.02? They are... Wow, I mean, that, that's polite, but they're very direct with it. Flo said, hi, this report does not include the whole chain, only the kernel exploit. I have chained the kernel exploit with a public WebKit exploit on firmware 6.72. Hence, I know that it is reachable from WebKit Sandbox. For 7.02, I don't have a WebKit exploit myself. I have obtained a kernel dump from an anonymous person and reverse engineered the affected component and verified that it was still unpatched. So now, check this out. It's now on March 26th. PlayStation comes in, and they rewarded the flow with $10,000, saying, Thank you very much for the report. We have reproduced your findings, and we have decided to rate the severity of this report as high and award you a $10,000 bounty. Thanks again. On April 22nd, HackerOne reached out and said, We would like to let you know that the vulnerability you reported has been patched via PS4 system software 7.50, which was publicly released last week. Let us know if you have a way to verify the fix against this version or not. If not, we will close the report. So Flo was able to verify that it was properly fixed, and he was trying to bring someone into the program in which they invited that person. So now at this point, we're going to fast forward a bit. June 25th, the Flo ended up asking, Dear PlayStation, would it be possible for me to post a write-up describing the exploitation of this vulnerability? And HackerOne said, We would be happy to work with you on a coordinated disclosure. Could you please request disclosure through the platform so our team can track and discuss it internally? Now, Flo decided to disclose this report publicly. This was on June 25th. And on July 2nd, he was just checking in on here. On July 4th, they came back and said, 
Could you please share a draft of the write-up you plan to disclose so it can be reviewed in advance? And this is green tea from some HackerOne staff. So the flow end up saying, instead of a write-up, I'd probably only disclose the vulnerability. Is it possible to make this report here public? And Green Tea replied with saying, The PlayStation team will approve public disclosure on this report. Are you comfortable with all the content in the back and forth comments being public? If so, we'll proceed. And the flow said it's all right. And then on July 6th, I mean, that's when this was disclosed. And at this point here, that is when this became completely public here. On July 6th at 2.12 p.m., this kernel exploit working up to firmware 7.02 was made completely public. Now I know the bug bounty program is what caused a lot of controversy in the PlayStation scene because when people saw that this launched in June of this year, they said, oh my God, this is going to be where exploits are going to die because as opposed to people developing, finding exploits and releasing them to the masses for free, they're just going to submit them through HackerOne and get paid. As you can see, I mean, if you have, they're only taking stuff for PlayStation Network and PlayStation 4. PlayStation Network, it ranges from $100 to $3,000, depending on how low or critical the exploit is. As opposed to the PlayStation 4 system, it will range anywhere from $500 to $50,000, again, depending on how low or critical the exploit is. They did count the Flow's exploit here as a high reward or high exploit so they gave him ten thousand dollars on here which i mean congratulations to him for getting that it is also worth noting that it is only limited to these two platforms right here because you can check the out of scope here real quickly and it's even saying right here playstation 1 playstation 2 playstation 3 playstation vita and psp or any other hardware are indeed out of scope. So I do have some thoughts in regards to the bug bounty program and how this was handled. I will say, first of all, this is a great example of why you do not see uh, current firmware, which current firmware is 7.51. That is why you do not see a kernel exploit publicly released for the latest firmware, or you do not see a full jailbreak released for the latest firmware. Those are not released to the public uh, just because the PS4 scene and the developers, and I can respect this, they're trying to keep everything offline because once you start taking things online, once you're compromising the PlayStation Network, once you're compromising online play, that's where people are going to start caring. However, you can look at what happened right here with this 7.02 kernel exploit. PlayStation was completely aware of this. They are well aware of it. They have the code. They know how to do it. They've seen it. They were able to fix it. They paid for this right here, all right? They paid for it. But now, because it's no longer on a current firmware, it is only working on outdated firmwares, it's not going to compromise PlayStation Network, at least in their eyes, because you can't get online with a outdated firmware on the PS4. At this point, they really don't care. So that's how the flow was able to get his disclosure on here and make it public so i think all around this worked out this is a pretty ideal scenario all right i don't see a loser in this scenario because you have sony who is able to find a well not find they were able to have a kernel exploit presented to them on a silver platter they were able to pay ten thousand dollars for it which is not that much money to them i mean that's that's easy enough. It's not that much money to them. So they were able to patch that on their firmware and then release a firmware update for it. And then on top of that, the flow was able to both profit off of this, you know, get a nice little paycheck in the form of 10 grand, 
And on top of that, he was able to disclose it publicly, which means that the public is now able to utilize and they, they I mean, they have the code. We have the code. It is open source. It is now freely available. This kernel exploit is freely available. Now, do I believe that this is going to lock down future exploits and really coerce developers to submit them directly to Sony? Maybe even especially with this, I mean, we might see more submissions on here, but I'll put it like this. The big thing is the PS4 scene has really always been offline. It has not been, there hasn't been stuff publicly released for the latest firmware version. And from what I can tell, that is very much done on purpose, and I'm totally okay with that. And in Sony's eyes, they really don't care what happens as long as it's offline and as long as pirated material is not being sold. Because you all will see, if you look back on this generation of the PS4 for modding as well, Sony was really only taking action against people who were involving pirated games. Like, if they were getting PlayStation 4s and jailbreaking them, and then preloading them with a bunch of games and reselling them. However, anybody who was developing, like, clean code and releasing stuff open source, like, things like this... Sony's been okay with it as long as it's been offline. The other thing I thought of with this as well, which this is just kind of my last thought on the bug bounty program here, is I feel like, look, there are people who do bug bounties as their full-time gig. That's just what they do all day, every day, and they make good money off of it. At least, I, I hope they do, but I've heard very great success stories from it. It's not only going, you have to realize this, people who are looking at the PlayStation Hacker 1 page, it's not only going to be people who are modding, it's not only going to be people who are in the scene. I have a feeling we would also see several skilled reverse engineers who are a little bit bored or they're maybe interested, or people who know how to compromise networks such as PlayStation Networks, they would look at stuff like this and they would try and find exploits, they would develop stuff, they would create write-ups, and they would be the ones who would submit to Sony. And these would be people who are not involved in the modding scene in any way. So I personally have a feeling that we would see a lot more of that, just people who aren't even affiliated with the scene, they might not even know it really exists to an extent. It's just people who want to take their skill set from other bug bounties that they have found and they have made money off of, and apply them here. So that's kind of my thought on it as well too. I, I just have a feeling that a lot of the submissions that would be submitted on the HackerOne PlayStation page would be more from people who aren't even directly in the modding scene. Now I did want to touch up on the WebKit exploit as well. This is called Bad Hoist from Fire30, and this was initially committed six months ago. And it just says here, in short, exploit implementation of CVE 2018-4386 obtains add ROF slash fake object and arbitrary read-write primitives, supports PS4 consoles on 6.xx, may also work on older firmware versions, but I'm not sure. Bug was fixed in firmware 7.00. So thankfully, the flow had a method of testing this fully in private using this public WebKit exploit. And this is what leads me to this here. Now, see, we're in a really odd predicament that I've never seen in the PS4 scene. Typically, WebKit exploits that are public as well as kernel exploits are going to be either matching or the WebKit public exploit is going to be on a higher firmware version. And right now, this has been the latest public one that's been available, which works up to firmware 6.72. 
However, that does not equate to 7.02. So I have a feeling we're probably going to see two different jailbreaks come from this. I feel like we're going to see one for 6.72, and then once a public WebKit exploit is created and developed and released for 7.02, which will work on, you know, this firmware or any firmware, for example, then we will see this re-implemented and paired up again. So I feel like we're going to see a 6.72 jailbreak as well as a 7.02 jailbreak. So if you all see two jailbreaks in quick succession with each other, don't be all that surprised. I will also say this is just like I said in the 6.20 episode, like where I was talking about the Flow's 6.20 exploit. I said it then, and I'm definitely saying it now. If you have interest in modifying your PlayStation 4, you want a jailbroken system, you either need to go out and buy a low firmware system now. Or if you have a console on an, on an outdated firmware, you need to take that thing offline and just keep it out of date. If it is on 7.02 or lower, you need to disconnect it right now if this is something you want to do. And I just want to pull up the PS4 update history right here. So, for example, I was talking about 6.72, which was released on July 16th, 2019. And then that was succeeded by firmware 7.00, on October 8th, 2019. So for the first jailbreak, that's what I'm going to call it here out of this. If you have a system that hasn't been taken online since October of last year, or you get a hold of one like that, it could be a new old stock system. It could be a used system that's been sitting on a shelf for a while. If it hasn't been taken online uh, past October of last year, you might be able to get into the first wave of this. Uh, otherwise, right here, it looks like 20. Uh, otherwise, here, it looks like December 19th, 2019. That's when 7.02 came out. Uh, but let me double check this real quick. I just had to reference back to this here, but on the Hacker One page, it is saying that this has been patched via System Update 7.50, which was publicly released last week. So that was pretty recent here that was you know let's take away a, day, a week on there april 15th so if you have if you get a hold of a system or you have a system that hasn't been taken online since the second half of april of this year you're in a very good position right now as well too again get a hold of a low firmware system, get a hold of a system that hasn't been updated in at least three months, or if your system hasn't been fired up or updated in at least three months, take it offline right now. So look, that is the big news out of the way. I do want to say thank you to the flow. Shout out to him for releasing this public kernel exploit now. And for anybody who is waiting for the jailbreak, because some people I know were just thinking, oh, We've been waiting on a kernel exploit, so this should all be available right now. No, you're going to have to wait a little bit. See, of course, this needs to get paired with a WebKit exploit, which has been done in private, but that needs to get re-implemented. That needs to get released, you know, publicly and such. Like what we saw on my PS4, for example, the previous exploits we've seen, especially 5.05, .05, it was just kind of handed off to people. Like QWERTY was the main person behind 5.05, .05, and he pretty much said, hey, Here's a website I'm hosting. Here's your full stack 
exploit right here. I mean, this is kernel. This is th this is the full chain. It's kernel. It's WebKit full chain exploit. Go this website with your PS4. You got jailbreak. Congratulations. We're not getting that this time around. It's very much going to be a more manual process on here, which I am okay with. I mean, the important part is now done publicly. So now people who are smarter than me are going to, at this point, get this paired up with a WebKit exploit, develop a, you know, full chain solution, so to speak, on here, and then get it up and running. However, we also have to keep in mind that a lot of development is being done on 5.05 right now. Thankfully, we do know that Project Mira has been updated to support 6.72, but a whole lot of other stuff needs to get updated as well. However, the Mira framework, I, the, I mean, this is going to be great just getting right out of the gate with it with 6.72, so if there's a big premiere with that, that'd be fantastic. But in short, in short here, in short, keep your PS4 offline if it's on an outdated firmware. Get a hold of a low firmware PS4 if you're interested in this and you have a up-to-date PS4 or you do not have a PS4 at all, and just wait patiently. We have all the pieces at this point publicly. They just need to be put together. Now we're going to backtrack a few weeks here because I'm not done talking about the flow. There's also another thing that he ended up announcing, which he, this is, you know, kind of more related to the drama, but we did get something cool out of it. So I'm going to read his thread right here on June 25th, where he said, PS4 scene, you're starting such a drama over nothing. I was actually planning to disclose something in a few weeks, months, which I still do, which I will still do, and thankfully he did. I just talked about it. And after that, I'd like to announce my retirement, even if I was never part of that toxic and entitled scene. The only scene I am a part of is the Vita scene, and I am really proud seeing a lot of people getting into programming and even security thanks to this little toy. And while I'm here, I'd like to announce a new WebKit exploit chain for the PS Vita called Hinlo which allows you to conveniently jailbreak your device. I'm looking for some funny Doggo Memes logo submissions. And by the way, this is still up for grabs here. I did let him know to let me know if you need any Lily material. I mean, just, just look at that face. Look at that face. So this is something I wanted to just briefly talk about because, again, the flow has really been rocking the Vita for years. I mean, we did get Hinkaku on 3.60, and we had one or two other exploits prior to that, but Hinkaku was the first thing that allowed you to easily fire up your Vita, go to a website, download an application, modify your system, really get it into a homebrew enabler type state like we have on the jailbroken PS4 right next to me here and the one that I showed you all. And then at that point, you can run native Vita homebrew. And about a year later, we ended up getting Enzo, which you could pair with it, and you could have that run permanently on boot. Now, since then, we've had a few others for firmware 3.65, 3.67, 3.68. We got H Encore from the flow. For firmware 3.70, we got Trinity. And then for firmware 3.73, and I believe it supports lower firmwares as well, we ended up getting H Encore Squared or H Encore 2. And right now, 3.73 is still the latest Vita firmware. So the only things I haven't liked about the most recent exploits is that they all require PlayStation Network access. So for some reason, PlayStation Network is blocked or you're on a banned system or you just can't access PlayStation Network for whatever reason, you cannot modify your Vita or your PlayStation TV. 3.60 is the only public exploit right now 
in which you can just fire up your Vita, go to a website, and you're able to modify your system. It's like, it's as easy as something like Jailbreak Me back in the day for the iPod and iPhone, just iDevices in general. However, any firmware from 3.65 to 3.73, it requires some kind of reliance on PlayStation Network, whether that be as big as purchasing a PSP game, such as on Trinity, or as little as adding a PlayStation Network account to your system and activating your system as the primary console to run that content. So it would really be awesome to see something like Hinlo here, which it sounds like this is just going to kind of be a return to form, just like Hinkaku where the idea would be you either host a site or you go to a website which is available, you maybe press a few things, and then you're able to modify your Vita right there, and you blow it wide open. That would be awesome, because again, I, I would like to see something that doesn't have any reliance on PSN. Now, as for when this is releasing, here's the thing with the flow. This is, this is what I've loved about the previous exploits. He is the type of person who he will say, hey, I found another exploit for the Vita, but I'm going to hold off until Vita end of life. And then he'll come back and say, you know what, I'm going to release it near the end of summer. And then he'll come back and say, um, you know what? I released it now. You, you can go ahead and just modify your Vita. Have fun. So, his timetable, he's always bringing it up on here. He hasn't done any ETA in regards to Henlo, and I don't think there's as much of a pressing matter on it because HONCOR Squared still works on the latest firmware for the Vita. Plus, the latest firmware on the Vita has been the latest firmware for months and months at this point, so Sony's really not interested in patching it. But either way, um, that's something to look forward to. Let's look forward to doggo memes, funny doggo memes and web browser hacks, and Henlo. This will be cool. This will be really cool. I, I can't wait to revisit the Vita. Now, for our very last topic, we're going to be looking at this monstrosity of an Xbox here. And for anybody who's unfamiliar, what I try and do on ModChat is at the end, I try and throw in something that I just find funny or cool or weird or a combination of all of them. Now, a few episodes, I did a episode that was almost completely dedicated to this original Xbox right here. And this was just something strange. They came up on eBay, and then the listing was taken down. You see, this is an original Xbox. This is just a retail system, it seems like. But this is an original Xbox and projector all in one device. And it was labeled as a prototype. And then the seller was saying, well, I was told it could be a mod. And then because of that, it was taken down off of eBay and it disappeared. Well, it's now available on Heritage Auctions, and it could be yours. When is this ending? This is ending in four days, so this is going to be sold on, what, Saturday, probably, at this point, July 11th? So if you're watching this episode when it's current, you, you might have the chance to buy it, maybe, uh, but either way, I, I just want to take a look at this here. So as you can see, like, at the time I'm recording this, the current bid is $625, with buyer's premium at $750, and these are really nice photos like let's look at this right here let's uh okay let me i'm just gonna have to manually click these but this is the front of the system like look at that look at that monstrosity and one thing i had said on this before just it's really cool seeing this again uh, but one thing i had said on this before is i said i personally believe without knowing the history of this 
to me, it looks like this could have been something that a projector company was working on, and they were trying to approach Microsoft with to see if they could do some kind of collaboration and maybe market and release a all-in-one Xbox projector. I think this is one of the prototypes that they probably would have built and shown, because this doesn't just look like a mod that someone did in their garage or their basement. I mean, yeah, like, there's paint that's chipping all over the place and such, but look at the silk screening right there. Look at how everything has been custom molded to this. Look at the silk screening on the top, where it, like, on the front here, where it has the DVD drive. It has the DLP logo right there. I really think, I don't think this is a Microsoft prototype, but I think this is a projector company prototype. And why did this fall through? Maybe it was too much. Maybe they couldn't figure certain things out. I was thinking maybe the realistic idea would have been, what if they were trying to release this in 2004, 2005, and Microsoft said, you know what? No, 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 no. Just, we're not interested in doing that. We're releasing the 360 in 2005. Thank you. It could have been that. But this is the front of the console. This is another good shot of the front of the console right here. And again, this was all, this looks like it was specifically designed for this. I mean, it had to be. But just look at how clean that is. Wow. Here's the top of the console. So this is where you have all of the projector lights, indicators, and all of the controls right there. And then finally, the bottom. Now, it does not have the... Uh, that's not the warranty seal. Uh, it doesn't have the seal that contains all the sensitive console information, like the serial number and all that. Uh, this sticker has obviously been punctured, and they end up keeping the do not open right here. But this is just a... From what I see, this is just a retail system that has had this mod done to it. It is, it's a mod and it's a prototype all in one. Now, the other thing I want to talk about on here is some people might be asking who are excited about this are just like, oh, cool, what else do we know about it? Uh, sadly, the auction info on eBay, when this is originally put up, it had much more of a description. This one is a smaller description and so small that I'll read out the entire thing. Xbox projector console, Xbox, Microsoft, and DLP technology, copyright 2006-2009 USA. In the style of the first-generation Xbox, branded by DLP technology on the front to the left of the disk drive, branded by Microsoft to the bottom right of the disk drive, DLP branded under the projection lens, has four controller ports. It has been tested and found to be working. Now, all this other stuff is stuff we knew, but this last, th th this very last sentence right here, it has been tested and found to be working. That is extremely important, because if anybody had seen that episode prior and even read the listing on there, the seller said that there was nothing else like this he had seen. This is really just kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But he could not confirm it was working. He said, I am selling this thing as is. I'm going to ship it out the best I can, but I cannot confirm it is working. I cannot test that it is working. I will not test if it is working. But between this console being taken down from eBay and being put up on Heritage Auctions, it's now been confirmed that this console works. Unfortunately, we do not have any more details. We do not have any video or photos of this in action. But Heritage Auctions is extremely reputable in regards to this. They are, Heritage Auctions is the company that handled the auctioning and sale of the PlayStation, of the Nintendo PlayStation prototype. So I would definitely trust this right here, but it's just, you know, it's kind of like seeing an old friend again.
This is awesome. Oh yeah, also no big deal if you're wanting to get a one-of-a-kind or maybe one-of-two-kind Sega Pluto console prototype, they're also going to be selling that as well too. So it looks like that's going to be ending on Thursday. You might want to get on that pretty quick. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. Thank you all very much for listening and watching. And if you enjoyed this episode, a like would absolutely be appreciated in the YouTube upload of this. Now, one thing I like to do at the end of these episodes is I like to pick a keyword. And if you use this keyword in the YouTube comment section of the upload here, I will know that you made it to the end of this episode. So whether you are listening or watching, if you use this word, I will know you made it to the end. The question is, what the hell am I going to use for this? You know what? Since I just bought this game, how about Catherine? If you use the word or I guess name Catherine in your YouTube comment, I know you will make it to the end of this episode, or at least you have. Anyways, that's about it again for this episode of Mod Chat. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. And until next time.